From the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio, here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Uh, TGIF, everybody. Happy it's a Friday. Back with you on Sports Talk. He's Adrian Broadus. I'm Steve Kaplowitz. Love that we start the show with a little Dio. One of my favorite uh, of all the great Dio tracks. Holy Diver. And uh, what a... Uh, Great uh, three hours it's going to be today here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Coming off a minor win. That's right. Last uh, night, UTEP able to take care of Biz. They beat Middle Tennessee. A team that's actually worse than them. And let's be honest, you watched that game last night if you were there. Uh, Middle Tennessee has struggled. And this is a team that was actually picked to finish near the top of the conference. That's what's even more amazing. I mean, it's baffling how Middle Tennessee has been just uh, searching for answers all season. They couldn't find it last night. And Adrian, the Miners uh, went to wire to wire and uh, ended up uh, winning uh, their first game in Conference USA at the Haskins Center. Yeah, they led the entire game yesterday for uh, against Middle Tennessee. It was a strong victory, and big shout-out to Otis Frazier, who balled out. Huge game for him. A career-high 21 points, ties the all-time record for steals. Uh, according to OPTA stats, Otis Frazier is the only Division One player or NBA player in the last 25 years to score 20-plus points, have 8-plus steals, and shoot 100% from the field in a single game. So that's a really cool stat in itself. He was very efficient. He was all over the floor. He was playing great on both ends. And, uh, yeah, Otis Frazier, give him a lot of credit for that victory. Man, I agree with you. In fact, we're going to be giving out our awards today. We, we've we got our win supply hot hand of the game, which we hand out after every game on Minor Talk, and then we relay it again here on this show. We also have our Timothy uh, Cantrell player of the game uh, uh, and I'm, I'm looking forward to those awards. I kind of feel like I, I know what uh, you know what the you know who they're going to be based on what we just talked about a moment ago. But you know, again, Adrian, the interesting thing, the frustrating thing about UTEP this season is we're going to see performances like last night. We're going to see when the miners are able and they look better than their opponents and they win and they win in convincing fashion. I mean, that is something that I still expect to see quite a bit here in conference USA. We're going to see them struggle. We're going to see them lose. We're going to see them play down. And, and that's also part of the equation. You just hope that when it comes to March, then UTEP is a better team than they've been before. We talked about this at length uh, two days ago and yesterday, and truth is, um, you know, wins are wins. Last night, the Aggies came back from 23 down in the second half to defeat Western Kentucky by a pair, and that's who UTEP's going to play tomorrow. So if the Miners can show up tomorrow night and deliver another loss to Western Kentucky and even their mark at 2-2 two and two, all of a sudden, it's a totally different situation here in conference because we all know that there's only one bid coming to this league, 
But what you hope is that when it's all said and done, UTEP finishes in the top four, not in the bottom five. Yeah, and to go back to last night, uh, second half, that's when they shot the lights out. They hit 50% of their threes. They shot almost 62% from the field. So it was a stronger offensive effort in the second half. But to your point about the, um, I I guess, late game situations or just game management that we've been talking about all week long, how about the two-minute mark, right, where UTEP's leading by as much as 15 points, then Middle Tennessee cuts it to 10. Uh, Joe Golding calls a quick timeout at the two-minute mark, and uh, UTEP puts the clamps down defensively. They held Middle Tennessee scoreless in that final minute. They put up points on their own, and they distanced themselves to that uh, 73-59 victory when it was all said and done. And another thought, you know, Western Kentucky losing that game against New Mexico State, we talked about the home win percentage. Well, it's only improved in Conference USA. 12 of the 15 wins that are coming in Conference USA play so far are going to the home teams. That means 80% of the time when a Conference USA game is being played, the home team wins. Yeah, it does. And then, by the way, that's one of the reasons why the tournament's going to be so interesting because it's all neutral site. It's going to be played in a city and a venue not in this league. Actually, they're playing in Alabama when it's all said and done. So funny enough, Jacksonville State's going to be the closest team to everybody that's going to be in this venue uh, competing for a CUSA title. Yeah, and I'm not expecting the Gamecocks to have a ton of fans going out to uh, that game or, you know, the tournament when it's all said and done. So it'll truly be that neutral site feel. And I feel like for the Miners, it's it's about improving on the road. I mean, the win tomorrow, if they play well and they actually beat Western Kentucky, that's one thing. But then I look ahead to their road swing next week, La Tech, Sam Houston State. I want to see a win there, too. I, I don't care what happens tomorrow. I want to see this UTEP team uh, show more on the road. We've seen what they could do at home. They're a great home team, but on the road, they're they're a different squad, it seems like. Yeah, and by the way, um, I've never been to Huntsville, Alabama. Okay, that's I've been to Birmingham, uh, done that a few times over the years. In fact, I covered um, UTEP tournaments, CUSA tournaments in Birmingham, Alabama. The only thing I loved about that was Golden Flake chips. That's the uh, it's like the ho- the uh, you know the home of uh, of Golden Flake, which is also the home of the uh, pickle barbecue uh, potato chips, which is one of the most underrated chips uh, in in the chip world. I'll say that. But I mean, I'm saying Birmingham at least was the home for UAB. Who is who plays in Huntsville? Yeah, it's a great question. Our very own Alberto's been to Huntsville. How about that? So we got to get the full review from him. Um, what do you know, Alberto? Give us some intel. It's a smaller town. You know, it's really uh, a local community, a, a college town. My cousin actually is out there right now, and he prefers Conroe over staying in Huntsville because it's just so small and local. But, uh, yeah, uh, my report for people, lots of trees. Uh, they're going to run into, like, a, a, a sea of green. But, uh, no, they, they have a smaller gym. I think that will kind of affect the miners. It's more of like a high school gym. I think that's something to, to keep in mind. They're not used to, to smaller venues like that, I think. Well, how big is what is props uh, props arena hold? Do we know? I don't even know what the uh, capacity is. And by the way, I don't necessarily think it's a high school gym. I, I don't think it's that small. Let me see if I can give you the uh, full capacity of this arena. So, as far as I can tell, the arena itself ten thousand. That's, that's hey, what that's I've got. hey, that's not a high school gym, boys. 
Yeah, that's, that's a good a, spot. That's, that's basically, that's the Haskins Center. Yeah, okay? and look, I, I'm looking at it right now. It seems like they're trying to uh, bring a lot of different events out there. That's probably why they bid on this one right here. It's the home of the Huntsville Havoc. Um, it's a hockey team. They play in the SPHL. So that, I guess, is their major tenant. They bid on it. They were able to get it. And uh, 10,000 is, uh, 10, is good. I mean, that's... That's solid. You know, they've got video boards that are LEDs. They've got, I'm sure it's probably one of these new arenas. And when you go inside, you're like, oh. That's a it's a nice uh, that's a nice venue. Yeah, it looks really nice. Uh, I'm looking at a lot of different pictures. I'm looking at the hockey setup. I'm looking when it's a concert setup as well. Really nice uh, arena, and plus they've got meeting offices, spaces, stuff like that. So seems like a very a very very accessible uh, and resource friendly arena. Good to hear because the last thing I need is people on the message board saying, "Oh, 600 ESPN El Paso just called it a high school arena and a little uh, rinky dink arena." So. Uh, that's we got. We got to be careful about that kind of stuff, Alberto. We throw you on. We ask you about the arena. And next thing you know, you're talking about it being like a little two thousand seat gymnasium. I thought we were talking about the Huntsville Gymnasium. Oh my God! No, 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 no. This is the Probe Center. This is a different arena. Probes Arena, P R O P S T Arena. So this is. Do you really think, Alberto? Do you really think Conference USA is going to play? A tournament in a high school gymnasium? Well, you know what? I should. Possibly. That's a. That is Possibly. a. That is a. That is a. That, you know, that's a rhetorical question. That is not fair because you're right. The answer is pro- maybe yes. Yeah. Maybe yes. They played I, in uh, UTSA's gym before, right? The Convocation Center. Good. Well, that's just also because UTSA was in the league. But yes, they have. All right. Um. So anyway, uh, we got a lot to cover on the show today with uh, the awards given out. Do we have a minor talk mashup? Was it a short minor talk last night? Do you know? Wait, what was that? You weren't even paying attention, were you? Oh, I, I, somebody said something back here. Alberto, quit it, man. Talk to him during the break, not during the live broadcast. All right. Do we have a minor talk mashup? No, we don't. Was we it had, a short, a short minor, minor talk. talk last night? Yeah, it was a shorter one. And you know what, Steve? I'll tell you. I think people were a little bit more subdued after last night, and understandably so. I mean, they beat Middle Tennessee, a team that came into the arena 6-11. and 11. We had two callers last night, and that was it. It was two a calls short on night. minor talk. Definitely. Well, let me tell you this, okay? I looked at the chat sites last night. I looked at Diggs. There was, like, barely enough for two pages of commentary on the game from the entire UTEP fan base. So truth is, is that the minor fan base was checked out last night. Checked out on our show, checked out online, checked out everywhere. And if UTEP wants to get the fans back, win some ball games. Not just one night beating a bad Middle Tennessee team. Go out, beat Western tomorrow night, go on the road, win some games, get people excited again because what we know and what we've talked about before is this if you want fans you got to start winning and i'm not talking about a win and a loss and following that up each time with a clunker no 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 start stringing together a nice little win streak put five six seven eight games together now all of a sudden you have people in this town talking again 
You know, there was a really interesting stat last night. I, I can't uh, remember which uh, follower sent us this one right here. But, I mean, fans want to see the best players play at their at their best. And one of the guys in particular, it's Travis Allen Fortune who sent mm-hmm. us this one last night. Oh, he's good stuff. U- UTEP is actually 7-1 when Zid Powell scores 10-plus, and they're 0-7 when he scores less than 10 points. Mm. So when we've talked about some of the standouts of this team, I look at Zid Powell, even with his inefficiencies, he's still one of the faces of this program, and if they don't have him playing well, then uh, chances are they're going to lose some of these games. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, Tomorrow night's Nocha Latin tonight at 7 o'clock at the Haskins Center. Then, road games next Thursday. um, We're only on next Thursday for 30 minutes, okay? Because they play a 5 o'clock game next Thursday against La Tech. Then Saturday, they got a 3.30 game uh, in Huntsville, Texas, against Sam Houston. And then they're back home. Listen to this. They've got Jack State Thursday the 1st, Liberty Saturday the 3rd, and New Mexico State Saturday the 10th. So this is a very big six-game stretch for UTEP. It really is. Because if they play well tomorrow and they beat Western and they go on the road and, God forbid, win a couple road games, the streak we're talking about will be going on. It'll be happening. And if this team comes home and they've got those three games in February and they got a nice little four-game win streak going, people get excited again. It would get people going. But, Adrian, you're shaking your head because you know – um, as we've watched a lot of this basketball team this season, the chances of that happening are slim to none. I'm not convinced. Uh, Why, convince you me otherwise. Convince no. me otherwise, UTEP, because the team that came out against Wyoming at home and uh, beat a good Wyoming team is the ceiling of this group. And I thought that was pretty sharp, but the floor is the collapse that we saw last weekend at Florida International. And we know which one came more recently. We know how the Miners have been playing as of late. Uh, those games that you just reeled off to me, uh, that, that tells me those are the top half of of Conference USA, and UTEP's got to go maybe 500 for me to be convinced that they could be competitive in the Conference USA tournament. Mm-hmm. But remember, there's a big difference between competitive and contender, and I, I think UTEP is not there yet, not there to be a true contender across this league. By the way, Wyoming is eighth in the Mountain West. They're nine and eight overall. You know what they are? They're the UTEP right now of the Mountain West. They're 0 and six on the road. The Cowboys are this season. So I know we talked about them being a good Wyoming team. They're UTEP. They're the Mountain West version, the equivalent of the Miners, is what they really are right now. Yeah, and you can't even call the Cal win that significant, knowing that the Golden Bears are 6-12. and 12. So yeah. when you're trying to talk yourself into the best victories this year uh, for UTEP, maybe you go at UC Santa Barbara, which is now 11-6 and six in the Big West Conference. Maybe you go that route, but that's still a team. When the Miners played them, they weren't at their best. So I don't know what the best win for the Miners is when you just... Just look at it all season long uh, and try to t- try to rate them. I don't know either. That's a good question. All right. Let me uh, duck in Greg, and then we'll take a break and come back with Charlie and, and traffic. Uh, Greg, start us off here on a Friday. Hey, happy Friday, everybody. Good to, good to be on here. Hope everybody's having a good new year. Definitely. Now, speaking about UTEP basketball and the collapse. So my wife and I got back from an awesome uh, Caribbean cruise last uh, couple of weeks. 
we were at the FIU game in uh, in Miami. And I kind of a small uh, arena, kind of like the Convocation Center at uh, UTSA. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of fans there. I mean, there were some some local locals there, maybe a, a handful of UTEP fans, a lot of them related to players of sort. But uh, we were there, um, saw the epic collapse. Um, but no, it just it, it, this team is very, very frustrating. Uh, I'm listening to you guys. Yeah, you know, like Adrian says, you know what, you know, show me something. These guys have a tough schedule coming up, the UTEP men. And uh, like I said, just watching them just collapse after be- being up what 15 points for like five minutes left. Yeah, and just uh, maybe maybe it's is it coaching, is it athleticism, basketball IQ? What's going on with this team? All good questions. We've those are all questions we've posed. Every single thing you talked about, we've mentioned. You know, we really have. I don't know. You you, you didn't mention leadership. And that's another issue that's plagued this team during their bad losses. Leadership. Or lack thereof. So yeah. Absolutely. You know, when when they were being pressured late in the game, one of their FIU players, you know, I mean Greg Little Point Guard making some threes. Yeah. The the miners look lost. Like they they didn't know how to how to, you know, break out of a double team, triple team maybe. When they were pressured, they just kind of looked like deer in headlights. And so yeah, you need leadership, you need uh confidence. Um you know, winning winning cures a lot of things, gets a fan base back in the fold. But right now, a lot of unanswered questions. But I'll leave it at that, guys. And uh, but definitely, I'll keep listening to you guys. Have a fantastic day. You too. Good weekend. Appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. Say hi to Louise for us. All right. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, Greg summed it up. He did. They've got issues. I mean, and Adrian, you are a, you're a thousand percent right. Show us something. Go out tomorrow, beat Western Kentucky at home, and then go on the road and beat La Tech and Sam Houston State. Come back with a four-game win streak with three home games. That would show us something. That would show us that maybe this team is starting to put things together. It would make uh, it would make a huge difference rather than go tomorrow and uh, either uh, win and lose two on the road, or if they lose at home tomorrow and then they lose two more on the road, then we're talking about doom and gloom all over again when they come back for three at home. Yeah, I just reflect to the football season. It was kind of top-heavy among Conference USA, Jacksonville State, Liberty, New Mexico State. They were better than everybody else in football, and it was hard to get to the top as far as being a contender to win the conference in football. But basketball is a whole different animal on the men's side I feel like the title is up there and it you know I think that's what also frustrates UTEP fans if UTEP was just a little bit better maybe a little bit more talented they would have a legit shot of winning the entire conference tournament and maybe they still do have a chance but they have to prove it all right we'll do awards we got a lot more coming up the FOSS will lead off our five o'clock hour we'll talk about uh, the NFL games this weekend and, and get a Dallas Cowboys recap with Steve Foster Looking forward to that conversation. I know some of our listeners are as well. But first, let's go to Charlie and get this traffic update. Sports Talk always appear via the Longhorn Distributing Hotline. Longhorn Distributing in the middle of El Paso is where the professional detailers shop for their supplies. The Foss will join us live on the Longhorn Distributing Hotline coming up in about 35 minutes to begin hour number two of sports talk meanwhile we're also going to be giving away another pair of tickets to go see brian regan um next uh, week he's going to be uh, performing next uh, tuesday 
We're right around the corner, Adrian, four days away at the Plaza Theater. So, Brian Regan, you want to win those tickets? We've got them for you here on Sports Talk. Meanwhile, our phone number, 505-6009. That is our telephone number, 505-6009. As uh, Sports Talk gets moving today on the show, and I would love to hear from you. You can also uh, get in on uh, Twitter X at 600 ESPN El Paso. In fact, uh, if you would like to uh, get in, now would be the time to do it. Uh, Love the fact that we're seeing uh, Jeremy Springer interviewing for the Patriots special teams job. That was earlier today. Adrian uh, posted that on his account, and uh, that was also courtesy of the rap sheet, Ian Rappaport, talking about that. And, uh, man, that would be uh, uh, a great opportunity. And even... Uh, Rappaport called Springer another rising young coach getting a look in New England. Right now, Springer is an assistant special teams coach with the Rams. But if he gets the opportunity to become the special teams coach with the Patriots, that would be terrific. It doesn't seem that long ago when Jeremy Springer was playing for the Miners. In fact, if I'm not mistaken... Wasn't he originally recruited as a quarterback who then went to the uh, linebacking spot? Yeah, he's a Cal, uh, California guy, by the way, Steve. And I, I remember that story. Um, actually, I also remember it was uh, a Mike Price recruit, Jeremy Springer. And so this is really cool to see him uh, really rise up the ranks through coaching. His final season with UTEP was 2011, so he's played with them uh, pretty recently. Actually, he comes from Los Fresnos, Texas. So uh, somebody who had a chance to play here through 2008 uh, – um, and then, of course, uh, all the way up to his final season, which was 2011. So really cool to see him rise up the ranks, get a um, you know a real shot at a coaching position like this with the New England Patriots. And yeah, somebody who's really known for what he was able to do across Texas high school football as a uh, as a youngster. Yep, absolutely right. And now uh, one of one of many uh, former UTEP players that have had the opportunity to make it in the coaching world. If you think about it, you've got uh, Wes Phillips, you've got Jeremy Springer, you also have Robert Rodriguez, um, and the list just goes on and on of former minor players from that era that are all now doing so well in the coaching world. So, so interesting. All right, 505-6009, that's our telephone number. If you would like to weigh in on the program, we'd love to hear from you today. Uh, we do have awards to hand out. We'll do that. We've got Sports Center as well. Um, let's go to John. He joins us next. Just got into the program, and uh, it is a Friday. I'm excited to hear John. What's going on, John? Happy Friday. Hey, what's up, guys? What's up, John? Uh, not much, Steve. Uh, just a couple of quick things here. First, uh, Cowboys. Um the hell with them. I'm done. I'm boycotting till Jerry dies. No joke. You are really? So you're boy well, hang on. If you're if you're boycotting the Cowboys <laughs> till Jerry dies, um, who are you gonna who are you gonna start rooting for just while you wait for the for that to eventually happen? Like what team are you gonna just take up as kind of like a a, a hobby to enjoy while the Cowboys you just can't uh, you can't handle anymore? I have no idea because I've been sick of the soft NFL too. So that so, being said, let's think about this for a second, okay? Do you enjoy do you enjoy watching uh, Patrick Mahomes at Kansas City? 
twenty doesn't whine and cry like a little, you know what? Okay, yeah. so that's so so that's so we're gonna we're not gonna go with the Chiefs. Well, let's let's just scratch them right now. Uh, do you like watching uh, Josh Allen in Buffalo? He's all right. I mean, I think he's a little overrated. Okay, well he's, then he's okay. Yeah, it's fine. We can't know. How? Okay, I've got a team you can start enjoying now. I just thought about this. You want to at least here's a team that you would never have on your radar in a million years, and you know what? It's the perfect time to get excited about at least a few fun seasons in a row of watching this group, the Detroit Lions. Come on. They don't even have any yeah, fans. Think about this. Yeah, They've got a coach that's, that's awesome who just is crazy and does, you know, and, and will run through a brick wall for his team. He's got great young talent. They're on the rise. They're in yeah. a division that has nothing that, that the Cowboys don't even care about. So if you're boycotting the Cowboys until Jerry croaks, why not at least enjoy Detroit Lions football for the next few years? They could use you as a bandwagon fan. Yeah, hey, it's possible. I mean, Hell, at least their owner is not as worse as Jerry Jones. I oh, mean, Jerry's in the league. Hey, they have a GM. Come on. Come on. Hey, something that Jerry will never do. Yeah, Jerry's in you a league know, of his own, I'm, man. He's in a league of his own, and unfortunately, ridiculous. it gets the it, it it just gets it gets the best of the Cowboys every postseason. Yeah, it's it, it, it's ridiculous, Steve. I mean, they they no showed last week. Let, let's be real. But anyway, a couple of the quick things I wanted to talk about. Uh, you know. We we all know Saban and Belichick retired. Okay, Saban to me is the goat of college football. Bonus, he did not have that we know of. Did not have any scandals so far. Unlike Joe Paul, we all know what that was. Okay, but a, a friend of mine brought this up and about the NIL and how it's kicking all the old coaches out. I agree. I think that is the reason. Here's what here's how I would do what I would do to control it, Steve. Yes. Okay. It's not about the money. It's not really about the transfers. It's about the grad transfers. If you go to a college and get your degree, good for you. Technically, isn't that what they went for? That's that's the part that, that is the point. The point is to get your degree. Okay. Yes. So I would tell them, you get your degree, get the hell out and go be a bus in, in the pro league, whatever. Hell, they, let's take football, for example. They're doing the merger with USFL and XFL next year, yeah. supposedly. Hey, if you suck in the NFL, hey, go play there. They're going to need players. So you have no interest in once a, once a, once a player gets their degree um, – even if they haven't played four years of college football, that should be it. They should be done. Yeah, I believe so. I, I, I think that would be one of the ways you could probably control it for sure. Well, I mean, you know, how about the guy? How, how about the situation right now? Did you hear what happened with Cam McCormick? Is that the guy from Miami? That yeah, supposedly playing ten years. Yeah, I, I heard a little bit about that. He yeah, has his. He, he got his injured every year. Yeah, he got his ninth year of eligibility. I mean, yeah. Cam McCormick. Just to put it in perspective, Cam McCormick, his first year uh, was in sixteen at Oregon. <laughs> so it's wild. I mean, 
He's missed I, parts I, I of four seasons due to injury. He had a redshirt yeah. year, the COVID year, and now he's getting a ninth year of eligibility. Yeah, pretty ridiculous. I mean, it, it sucks he gets hurt, but the rest of it, that's ridiculous. Well, I just want to know it, if he's going to have a Ph.D. by the time he finishes uh, college. Hey, r- raise your hand for the Chris Winky Award. I mean, that's how We many have years, a winner. How many years did Winky play? A long time. I just remember that. That's a long time. And and the same goes for for uh, the guy that was at Oregon State. Was it uh, Ulungale or whatever his name was? DJ whatever? Yeah. He's another one for that award. Well, listen, I'll, I'll tell you this, John. I mean, nine years. You got to. I just want to know how many degrees he already has. That's what I'm curious about. But I appreciate the call. We'll do a little digging. We'll find out how many degrees Cam McCormick already has once we continue. But first, it is uh, 34 past. Let's go to Adrian and get this Sports Center update. Adrian, I found out an answer. Uh, McCormick has an undergrad degree in advertising and his master's in advertising and brand responsibility. That was all from Oregon. He took more undergrad courses at Miami last year. So now he'll come back. I, mean, I just say go get a Ph.D., man. Nine years, why not? You could be a doctor by the Damn. time you finish playing football. Sounds like he could have stacked up those bachelor degrees at least, or maybe a master's. So a uh, little bummer right there to not hear multiple degrees. Well, he has a master's. Okay, so it's just the master's, but he should go for the Ph.D. because of how long he's been in school, so it makes sense. Maybe multiple master's degrees. Why not? He could have a double master's. I mean, advertising and brand responsibility is pretty good. If anybody knows how to be responsible for his brand, it's him, right? Nine years, that's pretty solid. Yeah, and I'll just say this. This, uh, For me, to what John had to say, had nothing to do with it. I think that it's just ridiculous how how they're dealing with waivers right now. I think waivers are going to be much more relaxed moving forward because they can't find any sort of consistency uh, trying to stop the two-time transfers. But it has nothing to do with what John was saying when it was talking when he was talking about a graduate transfer. Um, you know, there's obviously a lot of hypocritical discussions around this when coaches can leave at virtually any point to take better jobs, but players can't. So that's where the transfer portal starts. That's the discussion. That's when it, where it starts right there. If coaches can leave, well, why not yeah. players? Hey, by the way, how old were you in March of 2015? Senior in high school. Oh, really? Yes. All right. That was when McCormick committed to play for the Ducks. Wow. So he's probably my age. So yeah. he's probably like 27. I think so. I think that's about that's about right. So, no, no, I'm sorry. No. He turned 25 last spring. So he'll be 26 this uh, – he'll be 26. Yeah. He must have probably committed early, but that's that's still pretty wild. Yeah, you're younger than me, right around oh. my same age. Shouldn't be playing college football if you've been uh, out of high school that long. Agreed. Let's go to Hector Lower Valley. He joins us next on the show. 38 now past the hour, 505-6009. What's up, Hector? How are you? How's it going? I'm all right. Uh, I am an avid Cowboy fan. Oh, I don't look at the last caller. I, I'm still going to stick with them. Yeah, you're not boycotting. I, I, I know you say Cowboy fans don't call when we lose. Well, we lost again and again and again. Same old story. Um, I think Gilmore's injury had a lot to do with it. When I saw him playing zone, I'm like, what the heck is going on? You don't play zone all year long, and all of a sudden you're playing zone. I, I, I really think they should have played man, man on man because, I, honestly, I can't even name one wide receiver from Green Bay. I'm like, seriously? I mean, it was just so disappointing. Year after year after year. 
By the way, um, it, are you are you convinced? Work. Are you convinced this will never get better? I mean, have you pretty much just all come to the realization that as long as Jerry's in control, uh, you will never get the kind of seasons you want to see? Yes, that I do agree with. But I also agree. I mean, I think they should have fired McCarthy last year when he lost San Francisco, and then to send him out again for another year. Yeah. I, I mean, I know they go twelve and twelve and twelve, and any other team would have you know liked to have that record. But the Dallas Cowboys aren't any other team, and obviously because everybody you either hate them or you love them, you know. And that's all I hear all the time. And to mention to Orly on his last call a couple of days ago, because he said, "Oh, it's been 30 years for the Cowboys." Well, needless to say, it's been 28 years for the Cowboys since they won a Super Bowl, and it's been 29 years since San Francisco won a Super Bowl. Yep. Because the last time, the last two times that they went, they both lost. So, you know, you go and lose. Is it just bad? Is not even going at all? Who knows? So what happens? Who do you think wins that San Francisco Green Bay game this weekend? Ah, San Francisco is going to take it. I okay. mean, they're they're just it's just been the dominant team this year. You know, it's, it's funny though. We talked about San Francisco Green. I mean, San Francisco, Dallas, and Philadelphia. And San Francisco, the only team left, and who's in there? Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and Detroit. It was like what? You know, it's just yeah. one of those years where it's just crazy. And I, I really feel that you know you're as good as your competition. And honestly, I don't think the NFL has a lot of competition. There's not a lot of great teams. You know, and I also think also they talk about Dak a lot about his losing percentages in the playoffs. But, you know, Lamar's only won one game in the playoffs as well. And he's about to be MVP of the league. You know, but maybe I really that's think- a stat people don't even realize. They think, you know, Lamar's been around a long time and they don't realize he's only had one playoff win. That's a, that's a pretty good point. Yeah. Pretty good point. It so, is. Yeah. yeah. All right. We'll see what happens. A few thoughts. Thanks, Hector. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, Hector calling in. Doing doing what uh, we ask you know cowboy fans to do call in after a loss just like after a victory we'll hear from Foss by the way coming up in about twenty minutes speaking of uh, cowboy uh, you know fans he's not a fan he's a homer we know that and I also know what I know what Foss is going to do at, at five o'clock he's gonna he's gonna come on the show and he's gonna throw the entire blame of the Cowboys failure at, uh, at you know and Dak Prescott he's gonna do it. he's gonna throw he's not gonna blame anybody else all he's gonna do is he's gonna blame Dak Prescott for the Cowboys uh, for the Cowboys failure which yeah. was. Which then will you know? Then I'm going to ask him. Well, if that's the case, then you got to get rid of him. So how do you get rid of Dak? And we'll see what he says. I'm interested to see how he goes, where he goes in that regard. Aren't you? Yeah, I'm very interested. Um, I feel like he's going to get a lot of heat either way for yep. his segment coming up. And hey, I'm going to defend Lamar, who's going to be my uh, the guy I'm rooting for for the rest of uh, the postseason. Dak is two and five since he was drafted in 2016. Lamar was drafted in 2019, one and three, but has only had you know those four playoff appearances. He was in last year which is yeah durability thing against him his first season as a rookie uh, they went to the postseason second year divisional round that's when they had the bye they lost that round that one you can ding on him but then the 2021 season they kind of mustered their way into the playoffs beat Tennessee and then lost to Buffalo in the second round so let's see what he does this time they, they have the number one seed and I think a lot uh, you know a lot of people are going to be watching to see how he does in this uh, postseason couldn't agree with you more we'll come back wrap up our number one in a moment. Sports Talk continues here on a Friday, 600 ESPN El Paso. Sports Talk continues nearing the end of hour number one. 505-6009, our telephone number here is Brian from downtown. Hey, Brian, how are you? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm philosophical about the the, the wins and losses of my favorite teams. You got to be at my age, you know? There you go. That's good. <laughs> give, me your, uh, give me the most philosophical answer when it comes to the Cowboys. 
Well, it's not just the Cowboys. I'm a Dodger fan. Look, what, they had almost identical seasons, right? <laughs> but the Dodgers, they did. Quick. They did. The only difference uh, is the Dodgers won a World Series a few years ago. The Cowboys haven't won one since '96. No, that's true. But the the Dodgers have have won the West what ten or eleven consecutive years. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. It's like yeah. it's like the Atlanta yeah. Braves. Well, okay. So anyhow, but yeah, I I, I think you have to look at it. Uh, at it a different way, you know. I, I mean, you tell me what, what team that uh, uh, that you can think of that that wouldn't give ten victories a year, you know? Yep. That wouldn't give that up. You that's know, I, true. That's yeah, true. So the, yeah, that's true. I mean, so they 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 swan dive in the in the in the playoffs, but uh, you know, I, like I say, I'm philosophical about it, and week to week to week. I love to watch them win, and they've been winning week to week to week. And yeah, they stub their toe or. Even worse, you know, in the playoffs. But, uh, you know, wait till next year. I'm okay with that. All right, there you go. That's one way to look at it. I like it. Yeah, it's all right. But listen, I'm over the moon about the Haskins statue, as you can well, Im- well imagine. For people that don't know, uh, Brian is on the phone right now. It was uh, his image of the bear that uh, has, in fact, been captured to, uh, you know, turn into the Don Haskins statue. Now, the fun part is I haven't seen it. You haven't seen it. And for uh, a lot of El Pasoans, nobody's really seen it. We won't until February 24th when it's uh, unveiled at the public uh, pep rally and can't wait to see what it looks like when it's all said and done. Very excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've, I've gotten phone calls uh, and texts and emails from, uh, from friends around the country. The, the word seems to be out. That's good. And uh, so a friend of mine in uh, in uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana, reached out to me, and I, I think it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I think it's a it's a it's a you have to say it's the crowning point of my career when your a photograph of yours is rendered life size or even a little bit bigger than life size in something that's going to stand forevermore in the courtyard of uh, the university. No doubt, at least near in front of the Stevens, anyway. Uh, now it's gonna be right there in front of the Haskins Center. I mean, next to the Foster Stevens when it's right, uh, when know, it's placed. I, I, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be so cool. And Brian, it's fun because, like you said, uh, you 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 photographed. I, I said it on the show a couple of days ago. I think you and Ruben Ramirez have really photographed Haskins probably more than anybody, and you know you probably the most because you just go back farther. Um, yeah, thank and, you. Yeah, you know. thank you for telling me how old I am. I really well, appreciate. I it. did it in a very nice way, without without trying <laughs> to actually give away your age. But you're right. Yeah, you've, <laughs> you've you been did. you you've you uh, you probably could say your first year of photographing Haskins was late '60s, right? So I mean, you could make the argument that uh, you were able to get uh, you know at least the majority of his career. Well, here, uh, well, I tell you what, you can you can uh, use the calendar to judge my longevity in photojournalism with another sport. I shot the winning touchdown when UTEP won the Sun Bowl game. Okay, it's 67. (laughs) That's good. That means means you were there. You were there and you were shooting it, which is awesome. Yeah, there you go. But uh, I'm excited for myself, the community, for the Haskins family, and and thank you, Steve, for uh, being the point man on this. Uh, With it. Without your leadership, it would not have happened, I have to say. Appreciate that, Brian. Thanks for the kind words, and uh, like you, I'll be excited next month when we uh, get that unveiling. All right, great job wrapping up hour number one. When we come back, hour two, and uh, yes, 
the Foss will lead us off. So stay with us. Sports Talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, start of hour number two here on Sports Talk as we continue. I've been doing this show for a little while, folks. And sometimes you do it long enough, you get an idea of what could be happening. That was last week's conversation with the Foss, Steve Foster, host of Laying Down the Law, along with Chris Fernandez. They'll be with us out uh, on our road to Las Vegas, broadcasting live from Radio Row, February 6th through the 9th. Super excited about that. We've got sponsorship announcements coming up next week, and uh, looking forward to uh, being back uh, with them in Vegas. Meanwhile, look forward to having this conversation coming up next with the aforementioned Steve Foster, the Foss who joins us here and has each and every week throughout the football season. Foss, welcome back. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad you actually played that because you can see that the Dallas Cowboys had none of that as a mentality. Dak had it. Again, Dak, delusional after kickoff. Uh, Not on the same page. There's been reports. Anonymous players say, hey, he gets panicky if he can't find his first read. I am very mm, stupefied, not shocked, as he said. I'm shocked, honestly. No, I'm stupefied. That's all you do. Cappy, the one thing that I loved about college was when you went into camp, that's all you had to do was play football, study football. If I got paid $40 million to do anything but to play football, and I had a 12-5 and team, it's never happened. That three seasons in a row, you don't make it to the championship game. Something's wrong. Something's wrong. And most of it is not physical. It's mental. Most of it's mental. I promise you, I haven't lost three times in a row to anybody in anything. But again, I don't have the same mentality as that. I hate to lose. But if you get guys that think it's okay to walk around in Dallas Cowboys gear... There's guys, I think there's a report, Cappy, that these guys handed out party invites, a victory party, some reserve guys for the next night. Uh, Maybe they have a better thought process than the starters. But if you could see, like I think the whole world saw, thank God it wasn't on Peacock, but they look lost. And that's a mental thing because – you don't wet the bed that bad with that team unless you're just not there. I can't make any excuses for him. I would have fired McCarthy. I'd have brought in Belichick. Somebody's got to get to Dak because if you're going to keep him as your quarterback, again, the regular season is as it. The Raiders, which is my AFC team, the first team to win the Super Bowl as a wild card, didn't have a stellar record. But they had a belief that they could win a Super Bowl. I, I don't. I have no answers inside people's head except that they like the money they make and the fame you have as being a Dallas Cowboys that was built on Roger Staubach, Troy Aikman, and everybody in between. All right, look. But I'm gonna. Know, I'm, they didn't I'm, do anything to impress me, and they should have. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Again, now, do you know anything? 
Do you know any sport that you have been associated with that you've played somebody who's doing it for the first time and have lost big? Playing it for the first time? When you're saying being in a situation for the first time and lost big. No, it's happening. Do you? Right. So that's not a physical ailment. It wasn't like Dak had a cast on his arm or, or something like that. So, That's a mental aspect. I just want to make anyway. sure that I'm getting this right from you, okay? Because you're coming on the show, and you are di- uh, directing all of the blame on number four. All of the blame on Dak Prescott, correct? Not all the blame. I did not say that. Uh, hey, this, now, I, gonna, I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm, I'm in, that's Adrian. Am I wrong? To, blame, am I right? wrong to infer whoa, that? Whoa, listening whoa. to to, no, to Foss's comments? You're, okay. Oh, oh, do you? Okay. Well, I could play lawyer with you. I am not placing all so I can refresh the record, Happy and Adrian. I am not placing all the blame on Dak Prescott. But when you pay a guy forty million, I am placing a lot of blame on Dak Prescott. Okay, so let me let me get my record straight. Did the Cowboys lose the game because of Dak Prescott? Uh, he was a highly contributing factor. Okay, now you got me in, in lawyer mode to yes, answer you the are. question because yes. you want because you want to because you want to because you are inferring. So I'm going to take the inferences out of my statement. Well, I'm just I've been listening to you lecture everybody about Dak Prescott and how he's not worth the forty million dollars. And um, last I checked, there's 22 guys that line up on both sides of the ball, not one. No, but you know this as anyone else: the guy that makes or the gal that makes the most money has the most responsibility in anything. Did you Walker, watch that defense? Medical. Did you watch the defense against Green Bay? Yes. yes, I did. Absolutely. They had a short field quickly of an interception on the 20. Uh, could the defense do anything about a pick six? No. It changes the game. How did the defense do on the first two possessions of the Green Bay Packers? Mm, not well. The whole team didn't play up to its ability. And I will not step away from that. No. But I can't have pick sixes. I can't have interceptions on a short field on my own 20. That's not anybody else but one person who's making $40 million. That's why I'm saying a lot goes on that person. If you're going to pay them a lot, then they're responsible for a lot. How, yeah, I got you. How many sacks did the Cowboys uh, have against Jordan Love? How, how many times was Jordan Love sacked on uh, Sunday? No idea. Take a guess. Once. Uh, you're one too many. Okay. So have they not won a game? I'm not. Listen, I'm not trying to say that, man, they played lights out. No, no. I think the whole team was an excuse for a 12 and 5 team. But you're asking me to lay blame. I perceive, I'm inferring on certain aspects of the team. I think the coach didn't have them prepared. You know, do you want me to say it's 45% Dak, it's 35% McCarthy, and the rest goes to Dan Quinn in the defense? You know, we can play the percentage game. They all wet the bet. But when you take most of the cap, when you get most of the love, then when you don't come through, you get most of the criticism. That's life. You know this. I know this.
This just came in a little while ago from one of our listeners uh, on Twitter X. Here's what uh, Ruben had to say. Oh, Foss. See what happens when you let your heart take over your brain. No, I think the brain reasonably could infer. <laughs> and by the way, he's a di- by the way he's a diehard Cowboys fan. Just so you know, yeah. he is a yeah, diehard no. Cowboys fan. Okay, does, 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 does it matter? The brain could reasonably infer with the first time playoff quarterback coming to a place where you won eight and a total of sixteen games in a row. A brain can reasonably infer that you could at least, maybe you don't blow them out, but at least you win. Unless unless you're worse off than I ever imagined this team to be. And maybe that's the reality that I'm not understanding. Foss, in this game, uh, you know, you, you see the first couple drives. It was obvious that Dak and CeeDee were just not on the same page. I thought they would have abandoned that uh, strategy instead of trying to force that time and time again. So, you know, if we're, we're going to talk a little deeper with Dak, I think uh, the game plan was just not there for him. The The passes just weren't going to CD, and you can argue that some of them he was sailing over him and all that kind of sure. stuff. My thing was, right. well, why didn't you get Ferguson more involved in the passing game? Why didn't you get Cooks more involved in the passing game? And same with Gallup. I think that what you noticed from that Green Bay defense is they blanketed uh, CD and they couldn't really right. get it to him. Right. I absolutely agree. You know, Jake Ferguson caught three touchdown passes. I think Gallup should have been used more. No doubt. And I think a guy who you pay $40 million is eight years in the league. Do I need you or Twitter or X or me to figure that out? That's all he does. Listen, I said, I've said this, and you can go back and find this clip. I like Dak. If you ask me who I would take between him and Jalen Hurts and blah, blah, I didn't say Dak. I'm a diehard Cowboys fan. My family played for him, Everson Walls. My teammates, Jason Garrett and John Garrett and Judd Garrett, have played for them. I'm, I'm, I'm all in. But I also have to be, unfortunately, realistic when they went to bed. That's not what I would anticipate them to do against the team that they played. I think that's a reasonable assessment because I would have to then, when I came on last week, oh, yeah, Cowboys just get thumped. They're out of it. This is crazy. That wouldn't be reasonable. It may happen, but that's not reasonable after you know what they're home with. If we were going to Lambeau, you may have a different perspective because that's a different fact pattern. But no one would infer from a team that has won eight games in the season at their home, 16 in a row at home, you would not infer that they would lose. Foster's the three start quarterback. There's a three-day window where Dak could be traded, and he would count. He would not count as a thirty-four million dollar roster bonus hit. It's uh, from right. March thirteenth through the sixteenth. But if you look across the league, there's not really any trade partners. So what do you do if you're so frustrated right here with Dak? What do you do? I think they're in a position where their kind of hands are tied right here. They've got to bring him back. Well, I think that's right, but that's why I would have tried to make a change in who's talking in his ear. And I think maybe, possibly, if you have a Belichick, I understand McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, but when you've gone nine times, you've won six, that's kind of 
Saban-esque on the college football level, you, you, you probably would tune in. But again, maybe the real antecedent to this is Jerry Jones. Maybe he's his own worst enemy. I don't know. I'm not there like a lot of people are, but you're right. You got to get Dak over the hump. The, the thing that I wish I could point to him would be like a John Elway who got his Super Bowl wins late, but he was going to the playoffs and at least not getting knocked out by untested playoff teams. And that's a huge difference. But, but Elway got his late. So there's that. There's Jim Plunkett on my Raiders. Got him late. But he was on a horrible Patriots team before he got traded to the Raiders. All right. We've got more coming up with the Foss. If you've got any questions or comments, and they're pouring in right now, 600 ESPN. Oh, yeah. 600 ESPN El Paso on Twitter and X. You can text into the show. You can message us on our mobile app as well. Um, And if you call in, we'll just uh, get your questions off air and and, and fire it at Steve as well. So plenty more in a moment. And we'll also touch base on uh, with McCarthy coming back, what's going to be next for the Cowboys. Should they now extend uh, Prescott just because of that $59 million cap hit and who he likes in the divisional matchup? So do all that as we continue with Steve Foster. But first, let's go to Charlie Wan and get this traffic update. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Back with the Foss. He hosts Laying Down the Law with Chris Fernandez. Sunday mornings on ESPN San Antonio. He also will be with us in Las Vegas for Laying Down the Law, a special 12 to 3 daily edition uh, Tuesday through Friday, uh, the week of um, Super Bowl 58. Excited about that. Our road to Las Vegas will put us up there. And uh, the Foss and Chris, can't wait to see them back as guests. We continue. And by the way, uh, Adrian, yeah, we are getting uh, just just a few comments right now uh, from, from this conversation. Yeah, I think uh, we've had a lot of callers off air wanting to chime in. They want to, like, debate Foss. So uh, I think maybe, um, you know, Foss, you should keep an hour empty when it comes to the Super Bowl uh, because people really want to talk to you from El Paso and on this show. They they definitely do. Well, it's interesting because I was watching, uh, I think it was First Take or NFL Live, and Bill Polian has has uh, a, a saying, and he's now Pro Football Hall of Fame. And he says, if you get caught up in how the fans think, you may start sounding as if the fans speak. you got to look at it a little different when you're playing and coaching. I absolutely understand the fan perspective because I'm a fan as well. But in the game of football, gentlemen, there's not many excuses to go around. You just weren't prepared. Why you weren't prepared, I think, is the bigger question with the Dallas Cowboys than the talent or anything like that. And that could stem from the top. I could tell you. I know of a game that I played in El Paso, Texas, where I was not prepared. I lost 7-0 to the Hanks Knights. To this day, I still get grief on that game. And you know what? We weren't prepared, and we lost. I understand that. But is Dallas willing to say, we just thought we could walk in, we had an 8-0 home winning streak, and so we just figured we could just walk in and beat these guys because they'd never been in the playoffs before. I'd rather have that than, oh, I don't know what happened. I'm shocked. No, you're not. Somebody in that locker room is not shocked at what happened. 
I just can't tell you because I'm not in there. But something happened, good people, and it was not good. This came a little while ago via text from Raul. He texts into the show and says, regarding you, Steve, uh, Foss's homerism affects his brain. So, again, now that now we've had two brain comments already uh, on this show regarding you. Um, any interest when we're in Vegas and maybe going to see a neurologist and getting checked out just to make sure everything's okay? Well, I think maybe Dak needs to do that. He's the guy that's shown the biggest variation of theme between regular season and postseason. I gave you a reasonable perspective because, again, probably this week, the team that is prepared, that is better than the Green Bay Packers, will have the reasonable likeness to win, including their quarterback who hasn't been in the league as long as Dak. Those questions – I can't answer. It's not that my brain doesn't see what I see. As, as again, Parcells, again, a Hall of Fame coach, he'll tell you, you are what your record says you are. So that's not a bad football team. So there's not a reasonable thought to believe at home that the team would win. To all of a sudden say post-haste, oh, I knew they were going to lose, that, that's not really reasonable. It sounds good after the fact. And, of course, I can debate from that perspective, too, because everybody on Fox, on NFL, across the board, took Dallas as well. Super Bowl champions, coaches. So you're going to tell me that their brains were wrong, too? All five of those guys? I'll take a snapshot of that. Answer what you would say to them. It's easy to talk to me because I actually didn't play in the NFL. But I played with NFL and Super Bowl guys. They said the same thing. So they clearly saw more of what I saw pregame than post. More comments from Ruben, uh, who checks in with this one for uh, you. Mike McCarthy had Aaron Rodgers all those years (laughs) and only won one Super Bowl. It seems pretty clear like uh, that McCarthy is the problem. Dak doesn't deserve. Oh. Hang on, hang on. I'm not done. I'm not done reading the tweet. I'll finish in a second. Dak doesn't deserve a five year contract extension. Designate him, draft a quarterback, and move on from his uh, rear end is the best, is the nicest way to put it. Uh, yeah. I, I got, I hashtag, no yeah, that. I said is what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Got no issue with that. All right. All right. Um, that's fine. And then also. I got no issue with that. Because, because the, 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 again, it starts from the top, friends. And you're right. The top has not been right for a lot of different reasons. So, and we can sit there and we can, we, we can have a whole show on that. Okay. <laughs> but you're right. And Ruben's right. He got a guy who had that talent, two-time MVP, and only won once. Well, it's hard to win, but he was getting closer each year than he has been in these three or four or whatever he's had. If you were Jerry Jones, you already said it, you would have fired McCarthy and hired Belichick. Okay. Correct. That did not happen. He wants Uh McCarthy to uh, finish his contract, which ends after 2024. So McCarthy will coach out his contract. If he gets an extension, probably depends on if he could take the uh, Cowboys to the Super Bowl next year, but we all know that's probably not going to happen. 
Now, let's talk about let's talk about Dak for a second, okay? $59 million cap hit. Adrian talked about the trade window. If you were Jerry Jones, how would you handle your quarterback situation going forward for next year? You have Trey Lance. You have Cooper Cup. I'm sorry, Cooper Rush. You've got uh, Dak. You've got a team built to win now. They've won 12 games each of the last three seasons. If you were running this organization, I want to know how you would handle the Dak situation. We'll do that right after SportsCenter. Bottom of the hour, Adrian's next. Then we'll hear what Foss has to say, and we'll get more of your comments as well. Stay with us. Sports Talk continues here, 600 ESPN El Paso. Again, folks, um, all of our guests always appear here via the Longhorn Distributing Hotline. If you're looking for a machine to steam clean and sanitize at the same time, look no further than Longhorn Distributing and the Optimus Steamer at 5516 East Paisano with parking in the back. Let's get back to the Longhorn Distributing Hotline where the FOSS appears and uh, joins us here on the show. Last we checked before we brought you back, Adrian, for SportsCenter, we asked uh, the FOSS how he would handle the DAC situation with this ridiculous uh, cap hit that's coming up at $59 million. All right, FOSS, what would you do if you were Jerry Jones? So it's interesting, and I know this comes back to a little uh, creativity, but I think I've mentioned this movie on this show and station before. 1979, the fish that saved Pittsburgh. It was a team that had the talent, but they didn't have themselves together. You probably need to go out and get uh, – what's the guy, that the, the black gentleman, the psychologist that was with the 49ers, Dr. Harry or Harvey, whatever? You need somebody for Dak. Dak, Dak would help you immensely if his head's right in the playoffs because they can get back to the playoffs. That's where you have the issue. They're going to have to attack the issue. If you keep a McCarthy, you need to add somebody to the equation. And that's just maybe some type of mentalist that can help Dak get over the home. Foss, let me, let me reel off teams and uh, trade possibilities. You just say yes or no. We reeled some of these off the other day, uh, but you just okay. tell me yes or no, okay? So, first off, Russell Wilson with the Denver Broncos for Dak. No. Okay, easy enough. Derek Carr, Saints for Dak. Yes. Okay, uh, sign and trade with Kirk Cousins. No. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields, Dak. Yes. You would go Justin Fields for Dak. Absolutely. Uh, Gardner Minshew for Dak. No. Okay. All right. Just making sure. Um, and then the other one that we talked about. Oh, I'll throw this one. We didn't talk about this one. Geno Smith for Dak. <sighs> Rather have Tyrod Taylor or no? Uh, come on, Raven, Ravens, Ravens backup. Huntley, no. Baker Mayfield for Dak. Oh, well, that's that's, okay. Let me go ahead and tell you. Homer pick. Love Baker. Known him since 10th grade. Absolutely. Did you just say that you would rather have Terod Taylor than Dak Prescott as a starting quarterback if you're the Cowboys? If I had had all the tools that um, I had, I, I believe more in Tyrod Taylor than I do Dak when it comes to real deal time. 
Okay. I do. So playoff time, if you had a choice and you just said, okay, yeah. you got this loaded Cowboys offense, would you rather yeah. have Dak Prescott or uh, Tyrod Taylor under center? You'll take Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Okay. Yes, sir. That's insane. All day. That's insane. You realize that your credibility is going like flying out no, no, the no. window again, with again, these with these again. kind of choices. Yes. Again, I'm not. I'm not. You're basing it on what? That the guy's never won anything of significance. Okay. So all we're going to do is keep taking a guy that has won nothing of significance. And you're going to say we're going to keep hoping and praying because oh he beats the mess out of the Giants and those 400 yards and four touchdowns. When it comes time to getting to where we need to be and the road was set that we're going to have two home games in an NFC championship, nowhere to be found. And you're telling me, all you good people, let's stay with that option. That's what you just said to me because you're saying, oh, people can't believe I said what I said. The definition of insanity, right? Y'all know it. Doing the same thing, expecting a different result. Tell me what I'm going to get different if I don't help Dak out, get him a mentalist or somebody, or just, oh, gosh, let's just – 2024 season, all of a sudden it's just going to click. Really? Leopard don't change its spot. That's one thing my mama taught me. I'm going to stick with that. If Jerry Jones was given an option, and he has two choices, okay? Choice one, continue to run the team for the rest of his life like he has, knowing that the Dallas Cowboys will never win a Super Bowl. As long right. as he's doing it. Or right. option or option B, step away, own the team, no radio show, no press conference, none of that stuff. You just act like every other owner in the league. You have people right. you hire for your job, whether it's the coach, the yep. GM. You don't involve, you don't meddle, you don't do anything. You completely yep. disassociate yourself, and you are guaranteed, we will guarantee that you will win at least one Super Bowl ring during yep. that time while you're living. What decision right. do you think Jerry Jones takes? Uh, A. 100%. A hundred percent because Jerry Jones would die yep. knowing yes. that the team won without him doing anything. And, and, and his ego and his money is too big and long. Absolutely. 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 That, that I know. You that at least, know hey, without at, a doubt. at least we're in agreement right there. Foss. We are in agreement right there. So I'm, I'm, I'm really not as far off. What I'd like to do for all the good listeners. And I love my home. I love y'all's show. I love the listeners. Thanks, Ruben, and everyone else that, that texts in. It really brings me close to home, warms my heart. I'm going to bring some dudes in that played in the NFL. You ask them. And, and then guys that have been drafted, and they, they'll tell you the same thing. Then you can tell them they're crazy, but they got football cards, they got million-dollar salaries, or had them, and then maybe, maybe I'd be looked at a little different about what I say. I don't just come out of left field with, with my analysis. More but it's also my belief. More messages belief. more messages coming up on social from Ruben again. Bro, the Dallas Cowboys play in the NFL least. They beat each other up and the best of the least ends up on top. Wow. Hashtag losers. This one okay. comes from El Paso Visuals Deportivos. All okay. the Delulu Cowboys fans are disagreeing with the Foss right now, but he is right. Dak is a good player, but he isn't great. 
He is like James Harden or Mello. Big numbers yep. in stat book, but can't take the team to the next level. Dak, McCarthy, Jerry, all need to go. I mean, the, the seasons play out as they were. It is what it is. Why, why is Michigan the, the national champion? Because their record, they, they didn't lose. <laughs> They're winners. They, they didn't lose. If somebody keeps losing, as the text came in, they are then considered losers. I can't change that because I love the team or the guy who's playing that position. There has to be a change. Since there, it seems like... And in fact, Cappy, excuse me, Adrian, you were old enough when Jimmy Johnson came in. Cowboys were horrible. He changed the culture. He was mad last week at 80 years old. Nobody was fired up more than him and Michael Irvin, but they changed the culture. You, you don't have that. You don't have that. And therefore, you don't have a championship because you don't have championship people in championship spots. It's plain and simple. Since uh, it looks like they're not going to change much, Foss, and they're running right. it back with McCarthy and Dak, how do they finish right. next year? What's your crystal ball prediction of how Dallas finishes next season? Same. So uh, NFC East champions and then uh, flame out no, in the Super no, Wild Card weekend? No, because, uh, you know, for some crazy reason, they keep flipping every other year. So I think that probably still holds true, which is crazy. Yeah. Because I thought the Eagles were going to at least go back to back. They made the, that little curse happen, and Dallas won it. So now Dallas won't win it next year, but they'll get in the playoffs, and then we'll be back here again. And Ruben and everybody else will be sending me texts. All right. Listen, I got to get your picks on divisional weekend. I got to take a break. Stick around. We'll come back. We'll wrap this hour up with you, all right? Sounds great. Appreciate War with the Foss. You got it. Laying down the law, giving us a little bonus time today. An hour with the Foss. We'll keep it moving. 600 ESPN El Paso. All right, let's uh, wrap this segment up uh, with the Foss, Steve Foster, and laying down the law. If you would like to uh, listen in live on ESPN San Antonio Sunday mornings, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m., breakfast with the Foss. Am I right? Am I I right there? I think I'm right. All right. Um, You are are correct, Cappy. It's... Unfortunately, though, it's six to eight for y'all. Oh my God! Even worse, six to eight. You got to be as long as you're an early riser. Enjoy that. That's for sure. I, I thought you had a three-hour show. What happened there? We we gosh, a few two years ago, because when we were in Dallas, and you know the game started at noon, we were missing the game going to to noon, and then the network actually wanted to do an hour pregame for the Cowboys. Of course, capture all of the enthusiasm so they rolled this back so there's a couple of reasons we got rolled back in that regard do i need to make a phone call to the espn san antonio uh program director and tell him to put you back to three hours where you belong no 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 because the okay. nfl the nfl right. got it. no it i understand that i get it yeah but i'm yeah. just saying now the nfl is practically <laughs> over so now you can go back you should be going back doing three hours again but all right that's not that's not uh, my I see. That's, 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 that's that's a good thought that's not my argument. All right, look, let's get to games this week. Uh, Ravens-Texans will be the early game Saturday tomorrow at 2.30. That's the ESPN game. Um, Ravens coming off the bye. 
Texans coming off the impressive performance uh, and the win over the Browns. Can uh, C.J. Stroud keep his magic going and knock off the Ravens? No, but he can be competitive. I was very fortunate to go see them in person against the Titans and then watch them uh, do what they did last week. A much more heady quarterback. And again, it's interesting because, you know, people think time and experience necessarily means better result, better player person. Not necessarily. And uh, he's done outstanding. I think he should be the NFL Offensive uh, Rookie of the Year. Although my guy from the Rams at wide receiver. Puka Nakua. Puka Nakua. Filthy. Filthy. Um, But, uh, uh, Ravens. Ravens win that. Packers 49ers will be the late game. That's the 615 Fox game uh, from Santa Clara and Levi Stadium. Uh, San Fran, nine and a half point favorites. Uh, Packers coming off their big win against the Cowboys. Can they make it two in a row? No. Um, CMC, I call him CMC Music Actor, if y'all remember back to the 90s. CNC. Uh, too much Debo, too much Kittles, too much Auk at home. Uh, Purdy doesn't have to do much but stay in third gear. Just don't create turnovers. You win going away. All right. Uh, do we agree so far, Adrian, with the Foss and, and um, his assessment? So I, I would have a little bit more to say as far as just teams who look good in the first week and then don't necessarily translate it to the second week. And I think you could take that for both the Texans and the Packers. And you reflect back on last year, Dallas beat the, the Bucks 31-14. The second round, uh, they obviously lose to San Francisco. Looked like a far different team. 19-12 to was the finish out there. So be careful about the team that looks really good that first week because the second week comes and they're playing much better competition. I just wasn't a a big believer in the Browns and I wasn't a big believer in the Cowboys. I was out on them after the Lions game. So I I don't know. I think I've got the 49ers Ravens winning pretty handily on Saturday. I am with you on that, but history suggests there's always a team coming off a bye that really struggles uh, in a big way in this matchup. So we'll see if that's going to be the Ravens or the 49ers or they, um, you know, uh, buck the trend and, and both play well, which takes us to Sunday's games. Lions Bucks will be first up. That's the one o'clock NBC game from Ford Field in Detroit. Bucks coming off the big win over the Eagles. Lions <laughs> looked very good uh, uh, in a very hard fought game against the Rams. It was a tough game, well played, best game of the weekend in the wild card weekend. Can the Lions get to the NFC Championship game, Foss? Well, it's cool. Either one of these two teams that make it. And it, the Lions have been impressive. And, you know, the, the rebirth of Jared Goff, very uh, good to see that. Um, you know, he's got a different, you know, scenario than he had in, in the Rams. But, you know, he, he did his level best there. I, I think this could be my upset special. But the only reason, again, um, is because, you know, you got Palmer, who's a Nebraska Cornhusker, and you got – you know, Baker Mayfield, uh, you know, I did his games at Lake Travis. That, that's more – that's as homer as I can I can be on a pick. But uh, my heart would tell me the Lions would, would win at home. But I, I, I'll, I'll take the Bucks in the upset special. All right. Uh, Chiefs-Bills will wrap things up from Buffalo. It'll be 20 degrees. 
Uh, this is a rematch from a game we saw earlier this year in KC in which the Bills won 20-17. to I learned something today. I learned that fans have been jumping into the pit at that new stadium grounds in Buffalo, going to the ER, and while they've been doing that every week, the Bills are on a winning streak. So probably expect another fan to hurt themselves and do it just for the cause, to keep the Bills alive. Can Buffalo get back to uh, the AFC Championship? That's just crazy. That, that fan is short for fanatics. Um, that's just that's not smart. Um, however, I do believe in sports superstitions, but I don't want anybody hurt. Okay, that, that that's that's where I'm going to stand on that. Uh, I think this game and the Lions Bucks are going to be uh, the two best. With Texans uh, Ravens being intriguing, I think the Ravens between the Ravens and the Niners would be the one that would be the slow start off the bye uh, last game. Man, I can, – can Buffalo win twice? Man, you know, I, I, I take the Texas guy. Mm, this is the hardest one to pick. Uh, Andy Reid, mm, I'm going to go with the Bills. I'm going to go with the Bills Mafia. All right. go with the Bills Mafia and the upset on that one too. Quickly, Adrian, your thoughts. Uh, I'm go Bucks. Uh, I actually I have the Lions. No way that they beat the Bucks. Bucks definitely look better than they <laughs> actually are against the really reeling Eagles. And then I've got the Chiefs. So yeah, I talked about that one yesterday. I'm sticking with KC. I went Lions Chiefs as well. And by the way, Buffalo's favored by two and a half, so it would not be an upset if the Bills beat the Chiefs. Just so you know. All right, Foss, I'm out of time. Thanks for the hour. You've been terrific. We'll look forward to chatting with you again right back here next week. Yeah, and uh, I really look forward to seeing you guys soon. Thanks for all the participation uh, from in town. It's great. It's great discussion. It's great that we have the sports fans in El Paso that we do. And I'm glad from Aaron Jones, et cetera, that we're able to put our city on the, the map when it comes to quality sports. And we do that uh, through you and Adrian. Can't thank you enough for being a part. All right, we'll do it again with the Foss next week. Final hour next. Stay with us, 600 ESPN El Paso. Congratulations to John Guillen. John Guillen going to see Brian Regan next Tuesday, Plaza Theater. Some tickets still remain. It's going to be a great show. One of the funniest comics out there. So happy we've had the opportunity to be giving away tickets, too. That has been a lot of fun for us. And, uh, yes, Brian Regan Looking forward to that show as we continue here on Sports Talk. 505-6009, our telephone number. That is 505-6009. If you'd like to get in, we'd love to hear you. In fact, looking at some of the other stories that are making headlines that we've talked about uh, during SportsCenter, and let's just say it. I mean, you know, it's... It's it's really an incredible story, but, you know, I'm happy for Antonio Pierce and the fact that the Raiders did the right thing, in my opinion. Name him their head coach. In fact, had they not done that, I think, like you said, Adrian, he would have gone someplace else and might have had a head coaching job someplace else. I'm looking at what Antonio's done from working at Arizona State, part of that Herm Edwards uh, coaching tree a few years ago that was just loaded with former NFL players and college coaches. Went to the Sun Bowl. That's right, he did. 
and did a really nice job with the Vegas Raiders uh, over the last half of the season after they got rid of Josh McDaniels. So, interesting nugget. While I do, I, I think this is actually the best decision for the Raiders, even if you threw in, to be honest with you, even if you threw in Harbaugh or some of the top hot commodity names, I actually still think that I would have gone Pierce because he has a relationship with these players. I look at the two best players on that team, Max Crosby, Devontae Adams. The only way, in my opinion, those two guys would have stayed with this next regime, regardless of the general manager is if Antonio Pierce was the head coach and so uh, I think they granted the players wishes right here I don't know if they have the answer at the quarterback spot but I'm okay with it I'll say this though if him and Harbaugh are indeed coaches, they could both be NCAA. Uh, you know, they could be facing NCAA fractions this yep. year or infractions uh, this past season. It doesn't matter since they're in the NFL, though. That's true. That is very, very true. And by the way, under Pierce, the Raiders led the NFL in fewest points allowed per game, defensive touchdowns, fewest penalties. They had the tenth most takeaways. Fourth in point differential, tied for third most in sacks from week nine through the end of the season. And I'll tell you something else, okay? What he did was he changed the culture. That team was a sinking ship at the time they got rid of Josh McDaniels. McDaniels did everything wrong that you could possibly imagine. And I'm not saying that. What uh, you know, Antonio Pierce did was turn them around completely. But you think about what happened. They beat the Broncos 27-14 to end the season. And 5-4 and four after he took over that team, winning record with all those issues. And remember this, too. They, they hung 63 on the Chargers. They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. Only the second time that's happened in 10 years. I mean, he went 3-1 and one in the AFC West. That gives you a little uh, excitement about what to come next season, especially, as you mentioned, if the Raiders can get a little more uh, solidified on the offensive side of the ball. They had nothing to play for as the year winded down, and, and that's telling me that they played for Antonio Pierce. It's kind of like how the Patriots, they had some really bad players uh, late in the season, but they still played hard, and it was for Belichick, four guys like Mayo and stuff like that. So I, I like the fact that they had that 3-1 and one record against their own division, and while the uh, I guess the Chargers are in a bit of a question mark right now, they're still a bit of a question mark, same with the Broncos. I feel like the Raiders could trend upward if they have the right pieces in play. I do too. And by the way, that's another thing. They ran with a rookie quarterback over the last three, four games of the season. You know, that's it's not easy when you're going with, uh, what was it, Aiden O'Connell at, right. at the quarterback spot. So to go five and four with a guy that was never even supposed to be in the equation as a starter last season, and they ended up getting that done, I mean, that to me is impressive. And you're right, they were playing for him. That's why you hire him. You don't, you hire the guy that got the, not only was able to deliver the wins, but also he's the, uh, you know, he's the clear cut favorite in the locker room. That's what you, that's what you do. 
Yeah, I was I was um, actually surprised. I had said this a lot on the show that I thought they would go a different direction yeah. with their head coach, and Mark Davis did the right move. I mean, you know, credit to him. This is the right decision, and if you don't like the output from Pierce in year one, you can move on from him pretty quickly. You don't have to uh, feel like you're obligated to keep him for a second season like they did with McDaniels. I do believe that there should be some continuity at that head coaching spot. They dealt with the Gruden incident, which was a couple years ago. They have uh, then named McDaniels their head coach, and now it's Pierce. Basaccia, Rich Basaccia, who's the special teams coordinator for the Packers right now, he had an interim stint, and they did not promote Basaccia when they had an opportunity that's, that's to do so, and they hired McDaniels instead. So this time, Davis learns from his mistake, and he gets Pierce in as head coach. Great point. Great, great point. Um, also, Ravens with some news today. Adding Dalvin Cook to the roster yesterday, uh, they waived Melvin Gordon. And how about today making the announcement Mark Andrews will not play against uh, the Texans. So uh, his ankle is better, but they're not wanting to risk it for this week. Said maybe he'll be available in the championship week if they can get that far. So uh, that means you'll see more of uh, Isaiah Likely. Yeah, and I liked Likely this season. He emerged as kind of a pass-catching tight end, not necessarily the blocking type that they love Mark Andrews for, uh, but they'll need Likely to step up. They'll need Zay Flowers to have a big game for them. Look, Houston, what they did against the Browns is they picked off Joe Flacco twice and took it to the house for touchdowns. So Lamar Jackson cannot take this defense. While it's been uh, subject to vulnerability in the past, for granted. That's the bottom line. Uh, I want to see what they could do on the ground, not only with, you know, of course, uh, Dalvin Cook, who's active with them, but, you know, their bread and butter. That's Gus Edwards on the ground. Justice Hill, who's been doing it all season long. And, of course, uh, one of the best running backs who's not a running back, Lamar Jackson. That's true. All right. Bottom of the hour. One last Sports Center update. Let's do it. Then we'll wrap things up in our final 30 minutes together with you. 600 ESPN El Paso. Adrian, thank you very much. I'm sad to hear the news today, although it's really not too much of a surprise because things have been going downhill for a a while about Sports Illustrated. My goodness. Uh, Apparently, the uh, people who produce SI, uh, their jobs are in limbo because the company that paid to maintain the uh, brand's print and digital products told staff that its license was revoked. So what happened was was that the Arena Group, which operates Sports Illustrated and related properties, sent an email to employees this morning saying that because of the the revocation, they will be laying off staff that work on the SI brand. They don't know how many yet, but no telling what's going to happen. Look, this is a magazine that a lot of us grew up with, okay? And this was not a monthly magazine like it is right now. It was a weekly magazine. It meant something. It was not, uh, you know, what what it's turned into. It's sad. I mean, to me, Sports Illustrated's been gone for quite some time. But Adrian, it was a part of my childhood. I actually, um, years ago, SI came out with this. Uh, I don't know how they did it, but they found a bunch of the first issues, right? That they, the original number one issue that were that were not reprints. They were the actual issue, and they. They offered them for sale. I purchased one of those because I wanted it as a collector. I still have it. And, uh, you know, it's got Eddie Matthews on the cover. It's such a cool, cool uh, piece. And you know what? Um, it meant, again, I, I, I just I have memories of certain covers. The Mike Tyson Kid Dynamite cover. The Michael Jordan A Star is Born cover. 
of course, the swimsuit issues that when we were growing up, we had to have every year. You had to have the, whether it was Elle McPherson, Kathy Ireland, didn't matter who, the swimsuit issues were a big deal too. And now it's all potentially going away. And that's that's really too bad. It is too bad. I mean, somebody uh, like myself who grew up loving print, I mean, I, I grew up every uh, weekend re- or every day, really. Uh, my dad would read the sports paper. He'd hand it over to me. I'd read the sports paper right after him. And everything in those, uh, you know, everything in the paper to me was like the truest thing to form. Like that was that was my sports center. That was like the way that I consumed sports every single day. I, w- yeah. I would read the paper and then I would uh, wait anxiously over the weekend to hope that I would get my Sports Illustrated magazine. I, that was one of my either Christmas wish lists, birthday wish lists, to get the uh, subscription for the entire year. When I was a kid, I would get the Sports Illustrated kid version as well, so it would be a really cool version. But point is, for me, I selfishly am, am really, really bummed out by the news today. And I hope, here's my number one hope, uh, other than the fact that I hope that all our friends who have joined us on the show over the years, Pat Forty, uh, you know Dan Wenzel, uh, guys like Kevin Sweeney, a younger guy who's in Sports Illustrated as well. I hope they all bounce back, get jobs. I also hope they keep the archive vault for Sports Illustrated. Steve, I love their vault online where you can actually go back and look at some of the great covers, read yep. some of the ec- excellent stories. I need that vault to remain intact online. Let's not also forget. Texas Western takes it all. That is one of the great. When you think about the 66 championship team, that's the the iconic photo that everybody always goes to first whenever they talk about 66. And think about it, too, because the way, again, sports was consumed back then in the 60s. It was television, sure. It was radio, of course. But when it was in print, that mean it just solidified everything. And to have Texas Western on the cover of a Sports Illustrated magazine, I mean, the fact that there are so many people here in town who have that magazine still, Mm -hmm. who've collected it, some who've had the bear himself or members of the 66 team sign it, uh, yeah, that's what makes the magazine so special, that it's done uh, what it's done for almost 70 years. I know. Alberto, you want to weigh in on this as well, so why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I mean, uh, Sports Center, like Adrian was saying, it was really important for me as a, as a young sports fan. I remember uh, when I was really young, I'd read the Sports Illustrated Kids, and I'd take out the – it would come with little sports cards. I would take the perforated those, cards. The, yeah, I'd take those, and I'd read uh, uh, the, the – the magazine, and then I was uh, as I was growing up, I, my parents didn't have a, a subscription, so I would go to the doctors a lot. So what I would do when I was at the doctors is I would ask the receptionist, "Hey, is it okay if I take these home?" And I'd reference the Sports Illustrated, and I would keep them at home. So yeah, I mean, it's yeah. really sad stuff, you know, that the that the that the, 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 the they're not printing it anymore. And I think it's even sadder that um, so many writers, you know, so many people that sports media is their life, or you're just SOL right now. That's that's yep. kind of uh, the roughest part. You know, these people. I know. There's, there's so many lives that are affected, and we we think selfishly. We think I want more SI. I want more. People want to put food on their table, and I think that's what's uh, important. So, yeah, I'm sad, but I hope uh, everyone is able to land on their feet, and I hope good things come of this. You know, Me I too. hope I hope people start their own things, and, and big things come. I don't want to end this segment on a down note. I don't. I don't want this to be a depressing end. So. I'm going to read Esteban's uh, Twitter uh, X message. He sent us a little while ago. 
regarding earlier in the show when we talked about Huntsville, Alabama and the CUSA tournament. Here's what Esteban says. Steve, I've traveled to Huntsville, Alabama on a multitude of times for work at the Redstone Army Arsenal. Very nice town and very friendly ladies. Mrs. Esteban would not approve of that message. Come on, Esteban. Do you really think that Mrs. Esteban has access to his social media? That's why he's got the burner with no photo on it. So, yeah, I guess not. You're right. This is his, um, you know, his way of getting to us without anybody knowing. I do like Esteban. I like his uh, handle. How's it? Este underscore minor underscore band. So it's like Este minor band. Yeah. Instead of Esteban. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good way to split it up. Uh, Good stuff there. He could have been minor Esteban, but no, I like the way he did it right in between. And it's possible that when he traveled to Huntsville, maybe he wasn't married. So maybe they were very friendly Mm. back in those days. You know, maybe this was be, maybe this was pre-marriage for Esteban. At least I hope it is. If not, you know, you know, whatever he did, you don't have to, you you know, you don't have to say anything. Hey, he's a ladies man. He's talked about this with us before. Has he really? Yeah, do you remember that crazy joke about uh, you know a couple of years ago about what Josh Allen wanted to do or the, one of the Buffalo Bills players wanted to do? I'll tell you off air. It's it's he he Listen, called in on this one. Don't encourage him. Do not do not encourage him. Please. All right. We'll just leave it at that. Yes, I agree. Yeah, all right. Thank you. Nineteen in front of seven as we continue. We'll wrap things up. Final countdown. Final thoughts heading into the weekend. Next sports talk continues. Six hundred ESPN El Paso.